Welcome to Healing with the Masters. We are so delighted that you've chosen to hang out with us for this series of speakers, inspirational wisdom, powerful affirmations, invocations, activations, prayer, and healing. Healing with the Masters represents transformation to ignite your light and to show you a framework of possibility for moving into a new way of being in your life, modeling that for others in your life, and changing the whole planet. Enjoy this powerful series. Now, if you're interested in joining us live, then just go to hwtmpodcast.com. That stands for Healing with the Masters, hwtmpodcast.com. Register there for the current season. And did I mention? It's free. Join us absolutely free. You just have to register. But for now, enjoy these shows because they created the most amount of transformation. They created the most amount of buzz, insights, and miracles of possibility. These are just as powerful as the day they were recorded. The vibration and energies are still present and available for you. And if you're listening to them, it's because you're ready right now. Know that you helped to create this content. Your desires and intentions have brought this very broadcast here before you. So listen, engage, and enjoy. And again, if you'd like to join us in our live season, remember to go to hwtmpodcast.com. You just have to register. Join us, experience the light, absolutely free. Now enjoy this show. Welcome everyone to Healing with the Masters. And gosh, I'm so excited. I'm just tapping into your expectancy with this beautiful call with Derek Rydell. Derek is just an amazing soul. And um, we're so delighted that he said yes to join us again and join this community again. But before I officially introduce Derek, I want to just do my little prayer here. And this little blurb that I start with uh, creates an energy frequency that allows us to really move into a space of allowing to receive the information. So here we are. In volume 13, and I want to welcome you to this powerful season. This 2014 set of seasons is quite unique in that it's our second year of the Aquarian Age. And this is a year of let's get her done. <laughs> this is our soul group opportunity to commit to our journeys, engage in our lives, and in the process together, make a difference on this planet. We are delighted that you chose to hang out with us this season, and I want to remind you that you are beckoning forth all the content on this and every show of this season of Healing with the Masters. Your intentions have brought forth this very moment for you, so everything is here for you. That's, so wonderful. That's what's so wonderful about our Healing with the Masters community. You create the content through your intentions. I also want to remind you that the healing, quote-unquote, the healing part of our name means transformation realigning and repatterning. It means that you are on a pathway to change it all and we are so excited at what you're about to create. Now you also may think of the masters we speak of as being these beautiful speakers that we bring on board but we know implicitly that you are actually the master that you are seeking. All of the answers are within you and the masters that you're hearing on this series are just giving you nudges and hints as to who you truly are as the master that is you, that bright, sparkling being of light and love that you are. I'm so glad that we've all come together in this beautiful community and together are truly making a difference on this planet through everything that we are co-creating together. So thanks for joining us. Okay, so now I'm totally excited to welcome a very dear friend and a powerful influence in my own life and in the lives of our audience through his previous appearances on Healing with the Masters. Derek, is, Derek Rydell is part of a new generation of spiritual visionaries and thought leaders. He is a best-selling author and the world's number one expert on the revolutionary law of emergence. He has trained top executives at Fortune 500 companies from American Express to Disney 
in empowered leadership and communications. He's coached celebrities and media professionals, including Oscar and Emmy winners, on creating conscious entertainment. He regularly writes for the Huffington Post and has touched hundreds of thousands around the planet with his message on finding your path, living your purpose, and making a powerful impact. On top of the fact that he is a powerful, I think he's a powerful healer, that there's an energetic vibration that you're going to feel and sense during the course of this, this call that will nudge you and expand you just through the energetic frequencies that are available to you as we discuss. Today, I'm so excited that we're going to have a conversation about abundance and about wealth and about all the things that wealth are for us and to us. So welcome, Derek Rydell, to Healing with the Masters. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. It's really my honor and pleasure to be here again. I can just feel this collective consciousness that is, is so, there's a, there's, a, there's a geometric healing progression that's present in this collective agreement where, where two or more come together in agreement mm. of what's possible. It's like, something awesome is happening right yeah, now. Can, really... <laughs> the audience is like, <laughs> we're buzzing. We're all buzzing. <laughs> this is yeah. really cool. Well, thank you. Great. Thank it's you. For... It's, like, it's, like I, it's like I pulled in behind a semi, you know, and you pulled into the updraft. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's really awesome. And we're all being pulled in that updraft. Oh, that's wonderful. So thank you. Well, let, let's get, let's dive in here. So, you know, okay, the question I was going to ask was going to be softer than this, but I'm just being called by, by the souls here. What the hell is money? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What the heck? Why does it seem so elusive sometimes? I, you know, I love, I love this subject more and more. And, and money, first of all, you know, we, we hear the uh, money is just a, a medium of exchange. It's a symbolic representation of the energy of abundance, really the energy of love itself. And that's why when you hear things like, you know, the, the people think that money is the root of all evil. You've heard that belief. It actually isn't the full statement. It's that the love of money is the root of all evil. Ah, even that's that false, though, because, because when you know that money is just energy, then just replace the word energy and say the love of energy is the root of all evil. Really? That doesn't make sense anymore. Or what about the fact that money is just a medium of exchange? Well, it used to be chickens. People just exchange chickens, you know. So how about chickens right? are evil? Exactly. You know, the the love of chickens is the root of all evil, right? Um, so, so it's a crazy thing, you know. When you understand that now, now to put it in proper context, what what that statement I believe is really getting at is the attachment to the symbol of wealth, the belief that that symbol is the source of your wealth, that is the root of what we would call the evil around wealth. So when you believe the dollar bills or the chickens are the source of your wealth, now you get into trouble because you start hoarding chickens and dollar bills and and you believe, you know, you start, you take the goose with the golden eggs and you cut the goose open thinking it's full of golden eggs. And you, and you don't understand the real source or substance or nature of wealth. You think it's the symbol, the dollar. And it's not at all. It's like, um, the, uh, and we do all kinds of crazy things then to keep those symbols, to hoard those symbols. That is the root of evil. And we'll, we'll get into what is the real substance of wealth and money and what's really behind that, where does it really exist. And once you know that, how do you generate it in unlimited supply? But, but as long as we think money, you know, that wealth is the dollar bills or the chickens or the, the houses or the furs or whatever, that's where we stumble and fall right. and we start putting our power in the symbols and we lose our way around true wealth and abundance. Right. So we think we want the wealth, and we attach to, the, to, to that's the source, when in fact there's another source. So what is the true source of wealth then? Yeah, we think we want the, the dollar bills, right. you know, and, uh, and, 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 and that's, we think, the source of the wealth, right? And so it's an, and a good analogy to look at, and this is actually one of the... Um, hypnotic wealth spells that I, I bust when I'm teaching this, and I love to bust myths and false beliefs, and is that the real nature of money, what it really is, is energy or spirit or consciousness, which is the real nature of supply and wealth. And I use an analogy of, 
a fruit tree. And, you know, the fruit tree, it, it gives forth fruit. And the fruit isn't the wealth of the tree. And, and you can, the analogy is the fruit is to the dollar bills. The fruit isn't the wealth of the tree. The fruit is the evidence of the process that produces them, of the invisible process, which is the real wealth of the tree. And that's why when a farmer, you know, when the tree is barren, the farmer doesn't go, well, that tree's broke. Let me cut it down. The farmer (laughs) knows, right? The farmer knows that as long as the roots are still anchored and nourished and nurtured in the soil, then that tree will continue to produce the fruit of its own kind, harvest after harvest after harvest. And so the farmer's most focus is on the roots. And so, and that's the same thing, the analogy of the goose and the golden eggs. You know, you cut open the goose, there's no golden eggs there. It's the invisible process within the goose that produces the golden eggs. It's the invisible process within the roots and ultimately the shoots that creates the fruits. And so for us, it's that inner connection when our roots are connected in the soil of our soul to the, to the true source of our life. That raw material of, of our very spirit, that energy, it then is able to produce the fruits of our life, which look like dollar bills or chickens or, or cars or stocks or whatever the case may be. When we're anchored, so the first thing we have to understand is that wealth is spiritual or energy. It is not the dollar bills. And so it doesn't matter what your balance is in your bank account. If you can tap into the source within you, and we're going to talk about how, if you can make that connection and make that your primary focus. Remember, the farmer's primary focus is cultivating the conditions of the soil. And if they do that, if he or she does that, then that tree or that bush keeps producing the fruits, the wealth of it. If our primary focus is the cultivation of the soil of our soul and digging our roots deeply into source, and that's our primary focus, then we will keep producing the fruits of our own wealth. This is also why one of many great master teachers, Jesus, said, when all the people were like, what are we going to do? How are we going to feed ourselves and clothe ourselves and all these things they were concerned about? And he said, don't worry about that stuff. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, which he said was within you, which is just another name for source or whatever you want to call it. And he said, and all those things you're worrying about will be added unto you. So again, he was saying, cultivate the connection with source in the soil of your soul, make that your primary work, and you will bear rich fruit in your life. So that's the true nature, and in a, you know, in a simple analogy, the process and the source of where our real wealth and abundance comes from. Oh, yeah. And this is what every great master has taught. That's so and, and very, very poetically said. It, and it feels, again, like there's some kind of a frequency that is nudging us into remembering, into remembering. And, and yet there's Absolutely. this, there's, I'm, you know, the, the audience is, is sharing right now that there is this, um, a little bit of a disconnect between, okay, I get that mentally. <laughs> I, get, I get that money is energy. And I get that, um, that uh, you know, maybe I could attach um, something to that energy. But there's this big disconnect between, you know, how? How do I change this? How do I take my, like, let's just talk about debt for a minute. You yeah. know, we've got lots of people on the call here who are, 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 in, are in this debt that is terrifying. So, yeah. you know, how do we take this, this beautiful concept and metaphor of, of the source is uh, that source tapping into source is your is your source of wealth to I've got two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and 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 we can talk about some of the other practical things later. But one of the things I want the there is a fundamental paradigm shift right. that we're all being called into, and there is an activation going on on this call that is more about energetically. I'm expanding the field so that people can step into this new paradigm yep. that, is, that is unfolding on the planet, whether you like it or not. And, um, and, and that is a fundamental awareness that everything is happening as an activity of our consciousness, that it's all energy, and, and that we begin to, to identify most of our relationships and our activities around, are we cultivating and generating the qualities and the energy that we want in our life? 
versus are we trying to go out and make it happen and achieve it and attract it and manifest it, all of which has an underlying belief that it's something out there, that something's lacking, something's separate. And no matter what quote-unquote right technique you use to attract or manifest more abundance in your life, if it's coming from an underlying belief that you're separate from it, then, like I like to say, you may manifest a bigger paycheck, but you're just going to be broke at a higher income bracket. You may manifest millions of dollars even, and I know a lot of wealthy people, and they are in fear, constant fear of losing it. Right. So they're, not, they're actually impoverished. They're actually poor. Even though they have dollar bills to buy stuff, they are poor. And so, and they're still just as struggling and miserable, and in many cases they end up losing it because the frequency that's inside in motion is one of lack and separation and fear. So there's a fundamental, I call this the, the, the great reversal, that, that every, and this is what all the masters have taught, everything you could ever want or need is within you. And, and you even say this all the time. And so whatever's missing is what you're not giving, what you're not generating, and and it's not about the world changing. It's not about somebody giving you something or somebody changing. You don't have to worry about any of that anymore. You only have to worry about, am I changing? Am I having a deeper, more congruent, coherent um, relationship to myself, to source, and to the vision for my life? So that's the first big shift. Is well, that, that's, a, that's you, a really huge distinct and distinction, Derek. I mean, that is that could be the whole show right there. <laughs> that, yeah. That... Making it happen, achieving, manifesting. I mean, these are even some of the, the recent jargon of the law of attraction. These Absolutely. are things that um, unless, they're, unless you're connected, if this is done in a field of separation, that it's somehow okay. outside of us, that, right. that it's not authentic, really. It's an right. incredibly powerful distinction. And I just want to requote <laughs> you again. Whatever is missing is what you're not giving. So yeah. explore, tell and me a little bit you're more. Waiting, whatever you're waiting for, right. you're actually waiting with. Wow, whatever you're waiting and, for, you're waiting with. So go a little bit deeper into those two concepts. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why so many people have struggled with all of these tools and techniques of attraction and manifestation. And, and you know, they've been trying to make it happen when what they really need to do is make it welcome. They need to understand <laughs> that... You know, they, under, they need to understand. That's why, because, that's why, you know, is it any accident that, you know, many, several years ago when the law of attraction became such a big thing and so many people were doing it, that very soon after that we had the biggest breakdown in our economy, the biggest loss of jobs and homes, while all these people were man seeking to manifest bigger homes, more jobs, and more money, we had the greatest collapse of our jobs, housing, and money since the Great Depression. Now, is it a fluke? Is it coincidental? I don't know. But what I do know in working with so many people is that when you are using all these things to try to make it happen, if the underlying sense is that you don't already have it, that it's not already happening, what you actually will manifest is more lack and more limitation and because you're sowing the seeds of that right there in your frequency. That's also why one master teacher said when you pray, Pray believing that you already have it, that you may receive it. So it's not praying for something, it's praying from something. It's not an affirmation, it's an affirmation. And, and so you're the source, you're it. So that's the, that's the first you know, big distinction. And that's why emergence, or the law of emergence, is such a critical distinction for me. Because the minute I realized that, and then I went back and studied all the great masters and thought and saw, that's all they've been teaching, is that it's all within you. You are the light of the world. You are the source of all good. And now you have to, and then they also taught, how do you now activate it and generate it? So that, and that's the fundamental premise of the whole emergence paradigm, is that if it's true that you already have it all, and that is true, how do you start to What's the new relationship you start to have with life? You know, like, like, like you just said, whatever's missing is what you're not giving. So if I show up in a situation where something's missing, if I, from this paradigm, I don't try to, like, control and cajole and manipulate people, places, and things to get it. I turn within 
and get reconnected with it within me and start to generate it and activate it and radiate it and circulate it into my life again. And when you get that, you can never be a victim again. Hmm. You, can, wow. you can never be a victim again. That, and that's what we're all being called to step into. In this hey, Derek, would generation. you be open to maybe taking us on a little journey um, to that wonderful and important and powerful piece? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be great. And, and I want to just make one of the little distinctions please, before please. we do this, is that, and it's my own, I, it was a personal experience that I had. It's, it's a thing what I call the big betrayal. And it's that whatever, whenever we make our source, of safety, because also, you know, wealth is often a source of safety. Safety, security, supply, or support. When we make someone or something outside of us our source, especially the more you're doing this kind of work because you're opening your, your field and raising your frequency, the universe is actually designed to betray you, to fail you, when you make someone or something outside of your source. First of all, because it's, a, it's not true. And second of all, because as long as you believe someone or something outside of you is your source, you must begin to conform, you must start to adapt, you will start to shrink, you will start to dim your light, you will start to change what you say and do in order to make sure you get what you think you don't have or don't lose what you want. And so who you are and who you show up in the world can no longer be authentic. And the gifts and the message you're here to bring the very reason you're here will not be able to come through you anymore because you will have shrunk and twisted yourself into this thing you think you have to be and do and say to get the things you think someone or something has of yours. So the universe fails you so that you can wake up and come back home again to the source within you and realize every, the world cannot give you anything and the world cannot take anything away from you you have come here as a dispenser of the divine gifts, which is the real Sanskrit definition of the word human, to dispense, to reveal, to, to generate something magnificent, to paint on this canvas of creation. You've come here to give something, not to get something. The world, the only the world can give you is feedback. And so, so that's important. So that's a very important distinction, and I learned this the hard way, when years ago I made my savings account my source, and I was doing all this great inner work, and I eventually was broke. And I remember I was literally, literally living on a prayer. My, my landlord was knocking at the front door, and the bill collectors were knocking on my back door, and I'm like sitting in my meditation chair in the middle going, God, why have you forsaken me? Because I, I didn't get it. I was doing all this inner work, but I was broke. And I remember one night I sat in my meditation chair and I laid the gauntlet down. You know, I had, um, like, what I call my Gary Sinise moment from Forrest Gump, where yeah. he's on the mast of the ship, yeah. and he's shaking his <laughs> hand going, bring it on, God, bring it on. Yeah. And, um, and I sat there and I said, God, either this stuff is true or it's not, but I'm not getting up until I know. And at some point in the middle of the night after wrestling with my demons and, you know, being pinned to the mat, this voice or this energy opened up in me and it said, you made your bank account your source, and basically thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know, I, I practically wanted to look around for Moses, but it was like, it basically said what I just said. When you make something your source, it's going to fail you because the source is within you. And, I, and this peace came over me that is the peace that passes all human understanding. It was a bliss and a peace, and I knew all was well, even though my conditions hadn't changed. And for the next few days, I walked around in this peace. And nothing had changed externally, but inside I was hooked up again. And I got a call, and it was my former agent, acting agent. And he said, I know you don't do commercials because you're too spiritual. <laughs> I was pretty crazy back then. And he said, <laughs> but they called looking for you out of the blue. Wow. And I went on the audition. I booked it. I made more money in two days than I'd ever made in an entire year. And wow. I never went back. I learned, that was the beginning of learning to live more from insight than from eyesight. And, and that's the path we're being called more and more to walk, living from this inner source, this inner direction, more than judging by appearances and bank accounts 
and making that our source. So I'm going to take you through a little process right now um, yeah, that I, will help you to start. Go ahead, Jen. Wonderful. Jen, I just have one more thing that I'd like you to expand on just a little bit because, um, you know, I was in this place, you know, I've talked about this in the past in corporate America where I quit my job cold turkey had a healthy six-figure yeah. salary and just walked away. And, and I didn't have to do that. And that, you know, there's a lot of spiritual teachers out there saying, go quit your job, you know, you're better than that. But, you know, it's not spiritual enough for you. And you just said something interesting there too, which is I was too spiritual to get money. Yeah. <laughs> Basically is what yeah. you said, that because yeah. it wasn't it completely, um, you know, spiritually aligned with all your beliefs, you couldn't do anything that generated an income. And I think yeah. there's a different way. I mean, so so tell me a little bit more about how did you kind of overcome that moment? And and I mean, you told the story that you found this place of trust and this inner wisdom, and and then the world provides, and we don't have to brace against it or judge it or say no, that doesn't align with my spirituality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the one of the big things in my awakened wealth work is healing all the baggage right. that so many heart heart centered, spiritually minded people have. Like we were talking about, you know, that money is the root of all evil. No, right. it's not. You know, and money's awesome. It's just a tool. Yeah. And but so I had to go through the process, you know, and and neither is discipline and structure and control. None of those are bad. You know, we think spirituality and heart centered means always going with the flow. Always, well, no, not really. If you're going down a river and you're just going with the flow, you're going to end up going over a waterfall and crumbling against the rocks. You also need to paddle and direct your boat according to your inner director, your inner right, pattern. Right. So none of these things, so I had to go through you know, a lot of processes to deal and embrace my shadows, which really are the collective shadows around money, around wealth, around success, around you know, all, business, around all the things, whatever it is that I had to embrace that. Um, and that's, you know, that's a whole big part of the shadow work. But, but yeah, I mean, in that moment, um, I, I, in that moment, it was really about me getting reconnected again to the real source of everything and learning how to begin to live more from that, that inner voice, that still small voice, and, and to understand that we oftentimes we're waiting for the world to change before we believe in our inner voice. It's like we're looking for some outer validation of it first, then we'll start trusting but it actually works the opposite, you know. It's not I'll see it, I'll believe it when I see it. It's you'll see it when you believe it and when you are anchored in it. And so I don't know, if, for those of you that saw like the Indiana Jones movie in the Temple of Doom, I think, where he has to cross that bridge. And it's, there's nothing there or so it doesn't appear. It's called the path of God. And he tries to put his toe out and there's nothing there. And only when he's willing to put his full weight out on that invisible bridge does it begin to appear beneath his feet. And only when he's willing to really walk, walk it and get away from the safe shore of certainty does the whole bridge become visible to him. And so it's, it, we must begin to connect with that source, that vision within us, and start to align our actions and our life first with that. And as we strengthen that, that, that invisible bridge will start to become more and more visible under our feet, things will start to manifest, and they will affirm and strengthen our ability to walk more by faith or more by insight than by eyesight. And that's the real journey we're all on, because as long as you're judging by the appearance world and you are reacting to what, you, what appears, you are forever trapped in the old paradigm, the old thought, because everything that appears is just an old thought. And so... We have to learn to not react to what appears, but to respond from this deeper impulse. And then we literally become change makers. We become visionaries. We become, you know, individuals that bring something truly new and innovative and and transform our lives. Mm. So um, Beautiful. I don't know if that entirely answered No, that was, that was great. And I, I'm just going to requote you a couple things from insight sure. to eyesight. <laughs> You'll see yeah. it when you believe it. You'll see it when you believe it. <laughs> that is yeah. that is perfect, and I love that analogy of that. That bridge was called the path to God. That was what a that cool? wow, so cool. Really, I, I love how you 
see things, Derek, that you see little pieces of movies that, that you can bring to this moment and just illustrate it kinesthetically. <laughs> That's beautiful. Okay, let's do that that process. I apologize for interrupting. Absolutely. No, no problem. I'm, I trust the flow here. And so I invite all of you to <clears throat> take a moment, just become still, and just know that even if you don't believe everything that we're saying and everything that I'm saying, you can hear the resonance in my voice of someone that's, I'm not speaking theory here. I'm speaking truth. This is like a mathematician saying two plus two equals four. So even if you don't 100% believe it, just know you can lean on this energetic frequency that's being activated. You can lean on the authority or on the confidence or conviction you hear in my voice. You can lean on that, and, and that will hold you. So as we go into this, just take a breath and allow yourself to center down and to release any concern for the future, any residue of the past, and become aware of one area where you've made something or someone outside of you your source. You've made them your power, your God, whatever concept works for you. Maybe it's your job, your bank account, your partner, your spouse. Just become aware of that. Just notice, you know, maybe it's even some material thing, your house, your stocks. And close your eyes and look at that relationship to that person, place, or thing that you've made your source. Source of safety, source of security, source of supply. And notice how you feel in it. Let that become conscious. It feels kind of constricted, kind of fearful, kind of disempowered maybe stressed. You're stressed out because you, you, you have to be a certain way or do things that aren't always authentic so that you can get or keep the supply or the security that this represents to you. Notice underneath that even maybe a little strain of resentment, maybe a little guilt or shame. Now, we're not noticing with any judgment, but just with awareness because you cannot truly heal what you're not willing to feel. And, and the ego will keep you from feeling, really feeling, the impact and the implications of your choices because if you really feel it, change will become inevitable. So give yourself permission in this safe, energetic space to feel what this disempowering relationship is doing and creating in you the suffering it may be causing in this wrong relationship to your wealth and your security, thinking that something or someone outside of you. And notice what it's costing you. Become aware of what it's costing in terms of self-esteem, self-worth. Saying yes when you really mean no, or saying no to yourself when you really want to say yes. Just notice the price you're paying. That ultimately it's actually too high a price. And maybe you even notice that despite all of that you've been doing to try to get or keep what you think you have to have to feel safe and secure, that it's still not working. It's not meeting your needs. Maybe it's even backfired. So take a breath and just know in this safe space of awareness without judgment, we're even now dissolving these energetic patterns of lack and limitation, fear, doubt, and worry, they're being dissolved and disintegrated by shining the light of awareness on them right now. And I'm, I'm assisting you in this. And now, as we begin to flip that, to begin the healing and integration process, I want you to, again, coming back, feeling your way back into that sense that everything you could ever need is within you. Whatever resonance you felt on this call so far the truth of your being, and that this person or thing that appears to be your source is at best only a channel. They can be a channel of your good. They can never be a source. And when you're connected to your source, whatever channel needs to appear will. Just feel back into how that feels. If that was true about me, if everything was really in me and I was really supported, how would that feel? And to support you in this, recall a time when you did feel empowered around money or wealth, when you had it, or 
or just a sense of having something that you wanted at any point in your life. Let yourself go to that place of having. To he who has, more shall be given. To he who has not, even that which he or she has will be taken away. It's all about a state of having consciousness. So feel back into having. And you can even use your, the gift of imagination and imagine having what you need and want. And feel the feeling of that. Feel what it feels like to be source. Load that quality in. Take a deep breath. And as you exhale, allow that feeling of having to expand. Take another deep breath and allow it to expand to fill your whole body. And you can give it a color so you can see it and feel it. This energy of having, I have, I can, I am. This energy of having isn't just energy. It is the very substance of your abundance. Just as the the raw material of the soil is the substance that becomes the fruit. You're activating it now. And to take this even one step further, imagine in that area where you've been making, you've been waiting for something or feeling stuck or making someone else your source. Just imagine you have whatever you need. You've gotten whatever you want. And use, again, imagination as a gift, as an angel of transformation to feel what it feels like. This is the proper use of visualization. Visualizing to activate the qualities that are already latent within you. And now take another deep breath, and as you exhale this time, imagine radiating that energy to everyone and everything in your life, especially the people, places, or things that you believe were your source. So now you are giving to them rather than trying to get from them. This is the proper relationship. You are the source. You're not only filling yourself up first, but now you're radiating it because the law of circulation is that you cannot give what you don't have. So we activate it within us first but you cannot keep what you don't give. So now we radiate it. And then as you're radiating this, imagine in your mind's eye that you receive all the things that you want or need and feel what it feels like to take a breath and receive. This is different from getting. You're not trying to get it. Now you're receiving So you cannot give what you don't have, you cannot keep what you don't give, and you cannot sustain what you aren't willing to receive. It's one flow, the in-breath, the out-breath, and the in-breath again. One breath, one circulation. You are now participating in the flow. You're not anticipating it, you are participating in it energetically. Now, from this place, look at the relationship or situation where you believed they were your source and ask, if I really knew and believed I was the source of all good in my life, that God or source or love was within me, who would I be in this relationship or situation now? From this new standpoint and energetic, now who am I feeling called to be? Who would I be? How would I hold myself? How would I act? What would I start doing? What would I stop doing? What would I do more of or less of or differently? Just take a breath from this new space and ask, how am I being called to step into this situation or relationship now? Living from this truth of my abundant nature, of being source. And just notice whatever impulse, impression comes up. Trust it, honor it. And my invitation to you now is you can take a few notes and begin to practice this. How can I start living into this truth of my abundant being today, this week, 
or in any situation or moment when you find yourself grasping and believing somebody or something is your source, take a moment to stop, reconnect to this energetic, because it's, it's there for you now, and ask a new question. Being source, how am I called to be in this moment, in this relationship? And begin to notice how a different guidance starts to emerge, a different way of being. And, and now just activate the energy of commitment. Feel that sense of commitment. I'm committed to stepping into my power here. Not merely interested, but committed. Let that just get loaded in. And one final thing I want you to be aware of. If you were even able to glimpse even a pinprick of a higher frequency, knowing that nothing in your life has actually changed yet outside of you, you have now had a direct demonstration that that person, place, or thing is not your source of joy, inspiration, expansion, confidence, or whatever the good feelings you're feeling. They never were because you were able to activate it within you. You are a divine power plant. And a power plant doesn't receive energy. It generates it. That's who you are. And moving forward now, that's the new law of your life. You are the generator of everything that you need and more able to generate even for those around you. So I thank you for taking part in this. Just soak in that feeling that's been activated and step into that now. Wow. That was a... I feel different, Derek. Yeah, that was really, really um, uh, powerful and subtle. I didn't know those two words could be um, right beside each other. <laughs> uh, that was really cool. So, so what what kind of happened there with us? It, it feels like there's a significant shift and an activation on the call here right now. It's like we're in this slightly different, um, what would you call it, dimension frequency? Yeah, we're in a, it's a different frequency. And, and understand that, you know, it just like, right, like, like your favorite music is already broadcasting right where you are. It's there. It's just you can't, it's not manifest because you're not tuned into that frequency. But it's already here. So if you tune your dial and match the frequency of your dial to the frequency of where that music is playing, You'll suddenly have your music. It becomes manifest, visible, audible, or tangible. You can dance to it. It changes your mood. But that didn't happen. That music wasn't in your future, and it wasn't in the distance. It was always right where you are. You just needed to tune the dial so that you were a frequency match to it. So, and then it emerges. It's there. And that's true. Right now where we are, there is the whole nirvana realm, the whole kingdom of heaven, the whole of love, the whole of peace, the whole of joy, the whole of abundance. It's already broadcasting right here where we are and is who we are. And so this little process was just the beginning step of tuning you into that frequency, you know, tuning you out of, um, you know, K-LAC, K-L-A-C-K, into K-RICH, K-R-I-C-H. And that's great right <laughs> yeah and so now so now you're a little bit more receptive and there's a different broadcast coming not only do you feel different but if you're willing you'll get different answers to your questions mm. because there's different information on this bandwidth than there is on KLAC. and and in one other final thing i want to Please. say is that notice when you tune into k rich you don't have to solve the problem of the bad music or whatever on KLAC. It goes away. It dissolves. And so you can't ever really solve problems in your life. Problems can't be solved. They live at that frequency or that station forever. All you can do is you can take your frequency to the next level, kind of like ice. You know, As long as you live at 32 degrees Fahrenheit, you can never solve the problem of ice because that's where ice lives. No matter what you throw at it, you can blow it away, chisel it away, burn it away, but you will always have ice or the propensity of ice as long as you're living at 32 degrees. But if you rise your temperature or your frequency above 32 degrees, you don't have to get rid of the ice. It dissolves. 
So problems aren't solved. They dissolve as you evolve energetically. And so that's why all the masters talk about don't resist the problem, don't struggle with it, don't wrestle with it. Turn your attention instead to what you want, to the higher frequency. And then you lift yourself to that frequency and you live in an environment energetically where those problems cannot exist. And so to the world, they appear to get fixed or healed. But all that's really happened, like Einstein said, arrows of hate have been shot in my direction many times, but they can no longer harm me because they come from a world I no longer inhabit. And so as you raise your frequency right now, we're inhabiting a world where many of the typical problems don't exist and can't exist and therefore can never touch us. And as we anchor ourselves at these frequencies, it will look like our life starts getting better and better and less problems and more stuff. But what's really just happening is we're inhabiting more of our true self, more of the true world. Hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's something that many of us talk about. It's... it's um, not as easy to understand unless you've experienced it, but it's happening right now to all of us. Just so you know, it's yeah. happening to you and you and you. Yes, you. <laughs> yeah, that, and you don't have to know. You don't have to know all the no. details of how it works for it to work. That's no. important. No. You don't have to know that gra- how, how gravity works to experience it by right. you know, uh, you know, dropping something and it breaks or stepping off of something. Um, you just have to be willing to be to practice or to align with the principle of it and be receptive to it, right. and it will work for you. It's amazing because what happens then is that um, life still shows up. Um, challenges don't, you know, disappear off the face of the earth. Um, yeah. But we're, the how we meet them is now from this different yeah. frequency. Yes, that's a beautiful thing. It's so important. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make sure that people don't, because it's so easy to start to judge yourself. Well, like, I've done all this good work, and there's still all these challenges showing up. And when you're on this path, if you're willing, every challenge is there. It's an evolutionary catalyst. It's not happening to hurt you, to limit you, to stop you. It's happening to activate more of you. Just like forest fires happen when they happen naturally to actually crack open seeds, to burn away some of the ground cover and some of the canopy so that more light can get in, so that more seeds can thrive and the forest can evolve. If you were a seed and you had self-consciousness, you might think, oh my God, why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? It's my karma. But you'd be wrong. It's, it's the natural evolutionary process. So when we are willing to embrace our challenges from the larger context, that there's, there's only one thing going on and it's progressive and it's completely for us, then everything starts to conspire for our freedom, for our healing, and for our fulfillment. Wow, beautiful. And um, and with that comes this uh, different way of seeing, like you were saying. You, you, you see now uh, from insight instead of eyesight in those moments. It actually comes naturally. Yeah. Is, that, is that? That's right. That's true? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what you're doing. We're, we're developing a new set of senses. Right. You know, we're developing our soul senses we could, because the, the physical senses are only going to ever attest to a world of separation and, and otherness and density and all of that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what they attest to. Mm-hmm. But when we develop our inner senses, we can look at that, you know, whatever the situation is, but see the potential in it. We can look at that challenge and see the opportunity and feel it mm-hmm. and know it. Because we're seeing with our heart, we're seeing with these soul senses, and then we start to operate, and as the old scripture says, as thou seest, so thou beest. So when we start seeing differently, you know, things change. Like Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Right. And so I'm I'm sensing this, this, um, uh, from, there's this tone in the audience of, okay, oh, God, I feel so good right now, and that, that that process you took us through, the activation that is, is within me now, this new frequency of, of wealth is, is here. And then there's this creeping in. I can sense this feeling of, but I'm going to lose it. And I'm going to yeah. go back. And, and so 
it's kind of like I'm hearing a how question, even though I know that you don't answer yeah. hows with with true hows. But how do we maintain? Well, no, no, I've got some good true hows, and you're so so spot on, Jennifer. You're just so on the beam right now. It's exactly what I was feeling too. Was the next thing that I wanted to share, and because it's great, yeah. It's like well, great. So we know that that wealth and abundance is spiritual. It's energetic. So we know the real nature of it. We know where it really is, which is within us. Great. So those are some pretty big shifts. We now know we must tune into becoming congruent with it. So we're feeling the frequency and vibrational abundance. So we've done that. So that's step one, two, and three. But it's like, okay, now what? Now, <clears throat> how do I actually, you know, as the great poet says, release this imprisoned splendor into my life? How do I get it out of me? How do I get it into the world more and more in a practical way? And so that's where we get into this framework that I call the seven sacred gifts. And these are the ways that you can consciously, actively, and practically begin to generate this energy of wealth in your life. So would it be okay if I share them really briefly? Oh, please, yes. So basically, and I'll first tell you the, just all seven of them in brief, um, and we'll, we'll tap into a couple of them. There's giving forth, giving away, giving up, giving in, giving thanks, giving to yourself, and forgiving. These are the seven gifts. And when you practice them consistently and become a way of life, then you become the dispenser of the divine gifts, which, like I said, is actually the actual definition in Sanskrit terms of the word human. That's what you are. You're here to dispense, to circulate. And this is how you do it, through these seven gifts. So giving forth represents giving forth of your time, your talent, your treasure. So that means activating your gifts by where can you give back you know, to your source of inspiration with your, your money? Where can you give of your talents and abilities? Where can you give of your time and service? And the reason this is important is that so often we're waiting for something to change before we give up this gift. So we're like, when I have enough money, then I'll, I'll tie, then I'll give to charity. Well, it doesn't work that way. You know, that's why Jesus said, you know, when there was like the rich person and the poor lady, and the rich person was given all kinds of money, and the poor lady gave one tiny little shekel or whatever it was, and he said, surely I tell you, she gives the most. It's not about having a lot. It's the practice of this gift. Or when you, and when you start giving just a little bit, even if it's a dollar, to your source of inspiration, you are, are saying to the universe, I have something to give. And when it comes to your talent, if you're waiting for somebody to validate, approve of you, give you a job for you to go and sing your song or write your book, again, remember what you're waiting for. You're waiting with and you're weighing it down. So instead you go, where can I begin to give this talent forth? If you have to put on a concert for your cat, you start there. You start to give of that energy and that starts to circulate, circulate that. And again, you say, you're giving a message that says, I have, I am, I can, I am able. So this is an example of the first gift, giving forth, giving away. This is all the stuff you've hoarded or held on to in your life, all the things filling up your junk drawers and your closets and your trunks and your cupboards and your shelves that you don't really use, that you don't really need, but that you won't let go of because what if someday maybe sort of I might need it. Like that stack of magazines you know you're never going to read, <laughs> you know, um, those clothes in your closet you haven't worn for two years, you're not going to wear them. So, and it's not just about giving it and circulating it so that others can have it and put it to good use, but it's because the fact that you're not giving it away, that it's clogging up your energetic space. When you start to give away and get rid of everything you really don't need or use anymore, you actually are saying that there's a constant flow of everything I need in my life, so I don't need to hold on to or hoard anything. And the universe goes, yes, you're right, and it starts flowing to you and through you what's next, more of what you need to go to the next level. Then we move to giving up. And these are those habits of thought and action that you know are not really congruent with you anymore. The complaining, the judging, the criticizing, the gossiping, and they're not congruent with who you are saying you want to be or who you're even praying and affirming to be. You know, you're affirming that you are abundant and all that, and then you go and sitting around the coffee urn or the water cooler, you start talking about how bad the economy is, and there's not enough to go around. 
well, you've just stepped out of congruence with yourself because it's an old habit. If you're willing to give up that habit, you now become more congruent with what's trying to emerge. So it's giving up. Then giving in is surrender. It's all those places where you're still holding on to or trying to make happen or force something, and there's something else trying to emerge that's different than you think. And so looking for those points of resistance and consciously practicing giving in there, letting it go. Then we go, and of course there's so much more I could say about these things, but then there's giving thanks, and of course we all know this one. It's just that are we really doing it? Because gratitude is the evidence that the gift has already been given. If you live in a state of gratitude, the universe will keep giving you reasons to be grateful because it's a match. It's a match for the way things really are. And the arc of gratitude is you start off and you're, they're not, you're not grateful for anything. And then you find your ability to be grateful for something. And then you move to being grateful for everything. And then finally you come full circle where you're grateful for nothing, meaning you're grateful for no reason. You are gratitude. So giving thanks. Then giving to yourself. We've already practiced this today, and this is so key because so many heart-centered and spiritually-minded and good people, they have a shadow around being selfish, greedy, etc., and they are and wanting to be a good person. And they're so used to saying yes to others, helping others, doing good, giving to others. But there's so many places within them that they are, being, they are withholding. And you know who you are. And, and this is a very big one for many people. When you start meeting your needs, giving to yourself, and wherever you're trying to get from someone else, you flip that. If you're trying to get validation from someone, you practice asking, how can I give it to myself? And you fill that up in you and activate it within you, which is the only place you can get it. And lo and behold, you find the world starts validating you. So giving to yourself whatever you've been trying to get from the world, very, very powerful gift. And I'm going to stop, well, obviously the last gift is forgiveness. But I want to talk a little bit about forgiveness in a different way than maybe you've understood it. Obviously, it's right there in the word, being forgiving, which is the opposite of being foretaking or being forgetting. When you are unforgiving, you are withholding from another. You don't want them to have, and you believe they owe you something. Or if you're unforgiving of yourself, you believe you owe somebody else something. So there's a withholding energy. There's a stagnant energy. You are not forgiving. You are foretaking or forwithholding. And so that energy of you owe me or I owe you, what happens when you have a bunch of IOUs? You have debt. And so most often when somebody has debt, negative debt, not just a mortgage on your house, but debt that's, that's, that's destructive and crushing and, da- and, and diminishing, it's, or, or even just something that somebody owes them that will, they just won't pay them back, almost always a story of unforgiveness is beneath that. And when you begin to forgive everyone in your life for everything, especially yourself, you release that energy of debt, that psychic debt, and the energy now starts to flow again. And nobody owes me anything. I don't owe anybody anything. And then you start to be forgiving, meaning you start to bless those that you have been heretofore wanting to withhold from, begin to love yourself again and what looks like the energy of debt gets eliminated from your life and this isn't theory either and the last time i did this work with the group we had thousands and thousands of dollars in debt that were just eliminated and many many cases where people were like i got this call out of the blue they'd owed me this money i'd finally given up on it but suddenly they call me and say i was thinking about you and i felt bad and i finally want to pay you back or you know, it's just amazing how many people have that kind of experience where debt was just suddenly paid off or their own debt was suddenly eliminated or forgiven because they healed that core in them through, through, through this particular gift. So those are the seven gifts. And when I practice them with people, with a group, I invite you to notice the one that touches you the most and embrace on what I call the 40-day giving challenge, 
where every day you're going to practice and work to master one or more of these gifts in your life without a break for 40 days. If you're willing to do that, and we're going to share a little bit at the end how you can do it you know, together, <laughs> your life will not be the same. Absolutely guaranteed. Wow, Derek. So, it gives, to... gives you a framework. I have, ahead, I have to tell you that, that, that those, those gifts of giving, uh, I think it's one of the most practical to-dos, set of to-dos around abundance I have ever heard. It, this is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant work. And that if any of you undertake to just practice those, the, those gifts of giving, ho- your, your whole entire life will change. I mean, that, that was, wow, Derek, that is just amazing, amazing work. And so I strongly recommend um, that uh, those of you listening um, go back to this part on the replay. Write them all down. Definitely, definitely. Giving forth, giving away, giving up, giving in, giving thanks, giving to yourself, and forgiving. And that gives you a framework now to activate, generate, and circulate this inexhaustible wealth that is within you just waiting to come out wow just so beautiful so uh, any final thoughts that anything that we didn't address here before we we wrap up Derek yeah I mean one quick thing because you just said it you know the value of the inner and the outer you know the mystical statement is you must be in the world but not of it and what happens is that so many people heart-centered spiritually minded they either are trying to not be in the world because they don't like it, because they, don't, they have a lot of charge around money and success or whatever, charging for what they want to you know, do. They have these great talents, but they feel bad about charging, whatever. And they just want to be more spiritual or more heart-centered. And there's a disconnect there. And so I've discovered that over teaching you know, for two decades to people all around the world, that when you don't have both the practical, grounded stuff that causes us to look at the areas where the charges really are and then discover what's really underneath them and heal that. If you're just doing the inner work, you actually can activate all this energy, but it doesn't have a strong enough structure to express in your life. So when I, and, I, and I noticed that over the years. Why aren't people getting the results? And so when you put those two pieces together, it's like connecting the ground wire to the hot wire, and suddenly you have an electric circuit. It's like you have light. Right. And right. So, so I want people to really understand, even though it's challenging sometimes to look at our life and our numbers for real, it's so profoundly life changing. When you do it in an environment, in a context, without judgment, with love, with support, with this energetic support, then you're able to, to, to look at it and not to dance around it, but to grow right through it. And uh, Wonderful. it's just something you have to experience to really understand. It's pretty powerful. Well, cool. So, so, uh, and I'm a big fan of exploring the inner and then taking action in the outer world. So, um, yeah. if you're being called into action on any part of this call, just maybe exploring those gifts or one of the gifts of giving, or or re-exploring the meditation again, or reaching out to Derek or myself, take action. You know, feel the action bubbling up and take it. Um, what is this call? calling you to do next take action um and yeah, thank you, you know, thank you derek absolutely absolutely um the one can i, can I say one last please thing please of course just just as, as a, it's always a very interesting and poignant um transformative moment when it comes to us taking action or not and remember we talked about the indiana jones and crossing that invisible bridge yeah i just invite wherever you are if you're feeling the inner yes and it's covered up by what if it doesn't work, what if it's not right for me, all those things. Um, just know that right there is a microcosm of how, of, of how you are living in your life all the time, whenever you get stuck, whenever you don't take the next step to the next level. Wherever that is bringing up for you right now, it's a powerful right here and now. It seems like we're at the end of the program, but right here and now is actually one of the most potent healing opportunities for you to see if if it's a no great stand in the no with power if it's a yes but it's bringing up all this other stuff then i invite you to look at the other stuff and be willing to step onto that invisible bridge for yourself because you will have a real breakthrough i see it happen all the time 
Mm, wow, that was that was really nice. It feels like a real grounding um, yeah. of this material. Thank you, Derek uh, Rydell, for a wonderful show for your ongoing commitment to all of us to expand to the to um, moving us all to emergence uh, within ourself and our being and um, emerging into the truth of who we are. I, I love and admire you so much. I'm so grateful that you say yes uh, to us when we invite you onto our series. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that our audience got a chance to get to know you better. And of course, we love hanging out with you all on this Healing with the Masters community. We we know that your commitment to us is is allows us to have a commitment to you because we are in this co-creative partnership. Um, I love you all so very much. Until next time, good night, everyone, and thank you very much, Derek. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Jennifer. Love you all. Love you all. Bye-bye now. And remember, if you'd like to join us for any of our live shows, just register absolutely free at hwtmpodcast.com. That's H-W-T-M, as in Healing with the Masters, podcast.com. Come and join us. Just register for the current live season.